may be seated. Thank you so much for worshiping with us this morning. We're just getting started. It's going to continue to be a great morning. My name is Nick. I'm one of the pastors here at Holland Chapel. My main focus is student ministry, and I want to take just a moment because some of you may be in the room and have been hearing us talk about this thing called Reality Weekend, and you're unfamiliar with it, and we don't want that to be the case. And Reality Weekend is something that's been going on in Saline County for over 20 years, uh, where literally thousand, uh, at least a thousand students from Central Arkansas gather for a weekend of discipleship and worshiping our Savior Jesus. It begins on Friday night and rolls through uh, this worship service here. Uh, the students stay in host homes. Many of you were hosts for them, and we want to say thank you, and I'll get to that in a moment. They're also uh, led by a couple of college leaders in each home, and uh, we attend worship services over at First Baptist and have a wonderful time uh, of discipleship and growth and, and worship and fellowship, and it's just a, it's a, it's a wonderful thing to, to be able to witness. And this particular Reality Weekend, the theme was Awaken. And we talked about, uh, just like we sang two songs ago, Awaken my soul. Give me life, Lord. Let me remember the joy of my salvation. Uh, night one, the speaker said this. He said, when Jesus shows up, dead things come to life, as we looked at the story of Lazarus. And then the next session, we talked about uh, stripping off the grave clothes, those things that hold us back as we pursue Jesus. But maybe my, the one that stuck with me the most was yesterday morning, and uh, we were looking at the story of the four friends that carried their friend on a mat, their paralyzed friend on a mat to Jesus. And they get to the house and, and it's surrounded and there's no way in. And they know that this man's only hope is to see Jesus. And they didn't stop. They didn't turn away. They didn't say, well, we got you this close. You're on your own now. They got creative and they didn't give up and they climbed to the roof and they dug a hole in the roof. And the speaker yesterday morning, he said that we should wake up every morning and ask God to give us a mat-carrying moment that day. In other words, look each and every day in an opportunity that we have to carry someone to Jesus. And how much different our world would look if we begged God, God, give me a mat-carrying moment today. Help me help someone else get to Jesus today. And then last night we wrapped up by reminding the students that we're all on mission I love what he said. You've all heard the Great Commission at the end of the book of Matthew. And the speaker said it's, a, it's, it's called the Great Commission. We have a job to do. It's a commission that we are in this together. That we are, our goal in life should be to tell others about Jesus. And we're on that mission together. These students couldn't have experienced this weekend without you. Many of you participated in a countless number of ways, from lighting fire pits last night to driving students from house to house to, to uh, bringing a, a plate of brownies. Whatever role you uh, performed, we want to say thank you. We could not have student ministry, especially Reality Weekend, without you. I want to say a special thank you to my wife who uh, housed, uh, pretty much co-led uh, all alone uh, 12 boys at our house because I was everywhere else. And so she was the real superhero having 12 boys in our home. And, and many of you hosted all weekend long and you're going to get a really good nap this afternoon. We want to say thank you. It was well worth it. And I hope that you see the joy on our students' faces. I hope that you can hear their worship coming from the balcony this morning and know that it was worth it. 
Decisions were made, and decisions will continue to be made. The altars were full each and every worship session, and we're going to be following up with each of those, and you're going to get to see students take next steps of faith. You're going to see students lead. You're going to see the results of those decisions. I want to take just a moment and brag on, um, on our, our senior group. Our, our guys, you see them down front. That was not planned. I didn't ask them to come down here. Our girls are up there. And, and you, one, of the, one of the real blessings of student ministry is seeing students grow up, right? You see them in the 6th, 7th, 8th grade, and, and you know what I'm talking about, parents. When you look at the 6th or 7th grader and you're like, God, I, I really don't know how you're going to grow this one up. I really don't know what you're going to do with this one. And I'm just here to tell you, and I could say that to these guys. Many of those, these guys down here were, were some of those boys. You're like, God, I don't know if they're going to be that senior leader. But I'm telling you that they are. And I'm telling you that it's encouraging. I'm telling you that the, the senior girls are the same way. And in a world where most times you see a large 8th or ninth grade group of students, and by the time they get to seniors, the world's gotten to them. They're off working. They're chasing their girlfriend. They're, they're doing everything but following Jesus. These groups have grown. They've, they've grown, and they've brought their friends, and they've brought their friends. They've had those mat-carrying moments to bring their friends to Jesus, even as seniors in high school. And so I want to brag on them. And then another group that is just remarkable. Do you realize how special it is to have 20 college leaders give up their entire weekend from Friday afternoon to Sunday afternoon to hang out with 6th, 7th, 8th grade uh, and up students? It's remarkable. And you, church, have about 20 of them that are here and many more that just for some reason or another could not make it this weekend. And so I want you to join me in thanking those college leaders. <clears throat> but what we're seeing is not just these students that are experiencing revival. It's, it's, it's the younger students as well. We're seeing it throughout the schools. We're seeing it around our world. We're seeing that these students are seeking revival Last semester, our series on Wednesday night was called Revival, and we began each night's lesson with a little five-minute five minute story of a revival from years past. Some were as old as the 16 or 1700s, some in the 1800s, some happened around 1940 or 50, and we shared stories of revival with our students. And our students are realizing now that those very similar stories to what we shared last semester are happening in our world today. And they're putting that together and they're saying, hey, we can do that. We can be a part of that movement that we talked about last semester. And it's a beautiful thing to watch. Church, you don't just support students on Reality Weekend, though. And that's why I'm so thankful to be a part of Holland Chapel. You support students throughout the school year. And we see that on these Wednesday nights when these students gather for worship each week. And so we can't, we can't not thank those volunteers as well who, who, who give of themselves throughout the school year to make sure that these students uh, continue to pursue Jesus and continue to experience revival weekly in HCSM. This semester we're going through a series entitled Proof. I've told you about it before. We're going through the book of John. And we're looking at John's writing because the purpose of John's writing is to, to literally prove to his readers that Jesus is the Son of God, that Jesus is who he claimed to be, the Savior of the world. John chapter 10, verse 25, Jesus himself says this, The proof is the work I do in my Father's name. And our goal throughout this semester of students and leaders alike is that we would all come to the belief that Jesus really is who this book says he is. That he really is the savior of the world, the hope that we all stand in need of. 
And that's what we're striving for each and every Wednesday night. And so tonight we're going to take just a step out of our series, uh, the 10 that we've been going through that I know that we've all been enjoying on Sunday mornings. And I'm going to invite you into our series proof for week number six. Students, I need you to perk up, wake up, don't miss this. You don't want to miss this. You were here Wednesday. You're going to be here this next Wednesday. You don't want to miss this lesson that's a part of this series that's going to continue to take us through the book of John. And I'm going to pray in a moment, and Pastor Grant's going to come up here and share. Uh, I I would never, I wouldn't do student ministry without Grant Yaza. He, he, he holds it all together. He's incredible, and I'm excited for him, for you to hear uh, God's word from him this morning. And so I'm going to pray, and then, and then we're so glad that you can be a part of our proof series this morning. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for what we are experiencing, not only here in Saline County, but around our nation. We thank you, Lord, that we get to live in a time where people are wholeheartedly seeking you, and it's trickling down. It's, it's growing even as we speak, Lord. We see that in this generation, this younger generation in this room. Lord, we pray that what you began in them this weekend would continue to grow, that, Lord, you have lit a flame and that, that it would not die, but it would grow. Lord, that all the people around them would see their love for you. That each of us in this room would have a mat-carrying moment today, tomorrow, Tuesday, Lord, that we would look and see that people that you place in our life that we have an opportunity to bring to the Savior of the world. Lord, we pray this morning as Grant opens your word, that, Lord, that we would hear the message that you've got for us, Lord, the message of the, of the bread of life. Thank you again, Lord, for a church that loves students and for a community uh, that invites this movement. We pray, Lord, that we would be uh, faithful in carrying out our mission today this week, this month, Lord, each and every day that we would remember, Lord, the love that you have for us and that we would never, ever, ever get tired of sharing it. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Uh, would y'all like to thank Nick, though, for all that he does to put out uh, with HCSM, Rally Weekend? Um, Guy has a heart for students, seeing others find and follow Jesus, uh, has uh, done a lot of great things over the years. Uh, one of them was this actually past fall, he started a HCSM Fantasy Football League. I know last Sunday was Super Bowl Sunday, so you got to see Nick's picture up here on the screen. Yeah, it's crazy. He got to see uh, Bill Belichick and Terry Bradshaw there. Uh, unfortunately, myself nor Nick won. Uh, Ethan McGinney won the league, so good job, Ethan. Next year we'll get you. Um, but, uh, so yeah, we got, get to have a lot of fun with our students. Uh, but thankful to be here with, this mor- uh, with you guys here this morning. We've been going through, as Nick said, our um, morning uh, message series called The Ten as we go through the Ten Commandments. Pastor Luke has been leading us through that. He will be back with us next Sunday. This morning, him and his wife, Ashley, are actually up at Story Church uh, with Pastor Aaron Johnson, so we uh, hope they're having a great time and are ready to have them back next Sunday. Uh, But this morning we'll be in the New Testament. I will invite you to turn to John chapter 6, use whatever copy of God's Word that you have, whether on a device or in hand. If you don't have one, you can look in the chair in front of you, uh, look under the chair in front of you and grab a copy there. Uh, But we've been going through the Ten Commandments, looking at what Jesus has to say about each of them. Uh, and in Matthew chapter 5, what Luke, Pastor Luke talked about in week 1, in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus says he did not come to abolish the law of Moses. He did not come to abolish the writings of the prophets, but to accomplish their 
purpose, to accomplish their purpose. And out of all the books in the New Testament, if you combine all the chapters, there's 260 chapters found in the New Testament. All but 12, all but 12 don't have a reference to the Old Testament. And it's just crazy to think that 248 out of 260 make some type of reference to the Old Testament. And so when we look at the Word of God, we look at it in all of its entirety. The Old Testament points to the New Testament. The New Testament points to the Old. Um, And so just as uh, Pastor Nick said, John, one of Jesus' disciples, uh, wrote this Gospel of John for our series of proof that we've been going through. And, And here is what John's trying to say, that Jesus is who he says he is. And he gives proof to that, that we can believe who he is, that he's the Savior spoken of in the Old Testament, that he is now here in the flesh. And so uh, I invite you guys to turn to John chapter 6. John chapter 6 will be in verse 26. Um, And so in our series, we've we've looked at several miracles. We've looked at Jesus turning water into wine. We've looked at uh, a man who couldn't walk for 38 years, a lame man, and Jesus healed him. We've looked at uh, when Jesus fed the 5,000. And if you look at that, it's 5,000 men. It doesn't actually count uh, the women and children there. So there's a lot more Happy Meals going on there during that time. Uh, So it could have been as much as 20,000 people um, who Jesus uh, fed during that time. And so only with Jesus do you end up with more than you started with. Uh, and students, we learned uh, several things this weekend. One of the things our students learned was that nothing, nothing plus Jesus equals everything. And everything minus Jesus equals nothing. Everything minus Jesus equals nothing. And so with these miracles, with these signs, with these wonders that Jesus is doing, with each one, We see people respond. People begin to believe in Christ and in Christ alone. John chapter 5, verse 36. We'll be in John chapter 6 here here in a second. But John chapter 5, verse 36 says, our our theme verse for our series of proofs says, But I have a greater witness than John, my teachings and my miracles. The Father gave me these works to accomplish. And they proved, they proved that he sent me. So here's our big idea for this morning, our big thing to think about. Are you hungry? Are you thirsty? And we're going to talk about that this morning. Are you hungry? Are you thirsty? I'm not talking about lunchtime here in a minute. Are you hungry? Are you thirsty? Um, So our passage today in John chapter 6, we'll start in verse 26, but it takes place right after Jesus fed the 5,000. Um, and so he feeds them this meal. Now, Jews during this time, they believed that when the Messiah came, the promised Messiah came, he was going to do the great miracle that Moses did. Um, Moses did many things through the power of God and by God gifting him that uh, Moses was able to provide the Israelites, or excuse me, God was able to provide the Israelites with food. During their time of travel for 40 years, each day they received manna. And it was this great gift that took place that they believed the next Messiah, or the, the, the one Messiah that Jesus to come, that he would be able to do these same things. So they hear, okay, he just fed thousands of people. He's got to be the one. Let's go to him to see if this is him. So a large crowd of people realize Jesus and his disciples have gone. And so they pursue him. They get on some boats, travel across the lake. And they ask him, when did you get here? Verse 26, John chapter 6, verse 26. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. These people are pursuing him. He says, you want to be with me because I fed you, not because you understood the miraculous signs. He knows what they're after. He knows what they are pursuing. They just got fed. 
They're thinking, okay, this is the one that's promised to us. Let's pursue him because of the food that he can give us. But verse 27, Jesus says, but don't be so concerned about perishable things like food. Now, we all are familiar with per, uh, perishable things. Uh, you know, how many things in your fridge right now are past their expiration date? Anybody willing to say you got some stuff in there? Anybody? Um, I'm pretty sure at the top of the list is always ketchup for whatever reason. Ketchup is always left in there five years past the expiration date. Maybe not five years. Um, but I uh, actually wrote a poem about ketchup. Uh, Meat may spoil and milk will sour, but ketchup doth not rot hour by hour. Um, so uh, seriously, though, ketchup does rot. It does spoil. Do not leave it in, in, in the fridge too long. But look, here's what he's saying. You come to me because you want a meal. You want something that will satisfy you for an immediate time. In verse 27, he says, but don't be so concerned about perishable things like food. Spend your energy, spend your work, spend your labor, labor on these things. Spend your energy seeking the eternal life that the Son of Man can give you. For God the Father has given me the seal of his approval. And so how many times do we, do we come to Jesus pursuing things that perish? Pursuing things for our wants, for our own desires that are worldly that don't last. How many times do we come to Jesus for those things? Instead, instead of asking him, give me the things that you want me to have. Give me the thing that lasts. Jesus is saying, don't worry about those things that don't last. Don't worry about things of the world. Instead, focus on something that lasts for, uh, uh, that lasts forever. The people were more excited about what would fill their gut instead of what would fill their hearts. They weren't focusing on his truth. Uh, let's keep reading. John chapter 6, verse 28. They replied, we want to perform God's works or labors. We want to perform God's works too. What should we do? Jesus told them, this, this is the only work God wants from you. Believe. I don't need you to labor on many things. I don't need you to spend your energy on many things. But this, this one thing, I need you to do. I need you to believe. Believe in the one he has sent. Believe in the one. Students, believe in the one. Don't labor on things that perish. Don't spend your energy on things that perish. Believe in Christ and in Christ alone. He says to believe. Uh, verse 30, they answered, show us a miraculous sign if you want us to believe in you. This always blows my mind. And so in this crowd, there would have been people who would have just seen a miracle. And there also would have been some that heard that came to it. But time and time again, one's never enough. Well, maybe what I saw a couple months ago, I just need to see one more. And so they ask, show us a miraculous sign if you want us to believe in you. What can you do? After all, our ancestors ate manna while they journeyed through the wilderness. Again, speaking to what Moses did through God. And the scriptures say Moses gave them bread from heaven to eat. Again, they're thinking about the 40 years that they were given bread, that they were given this manna. That's what they're wanting. They're wanting their bellies to be full day in and day out. They're wanting that to take place. And Jesus says, verse 32, I tell you the truth. Moses didn't give you bread from heaven. My father did. And now he offers you the true bread from heaven true bread from heaven. 
The true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And so when they're traveling in the desert, when they're hungry, God provides something from heaven. He gives this monetary, temporary bread. And now he's saying, look, I've given you bread from heaven again, but this time you will never hunger again if you just simply have a bite of this. The true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Verse 34, sir, they said, give us that bread every day. Hey, that's what Jesus is trying to get to. That's what he wants them to say. They say, sir, give us that bread every day. Verse 35, Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever, it's an open invitation, whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Verse 36, but you haven't believed in me even though you have seen me. That's what we're talking about in this series of proof that God is doing these miraculous signs, these wonders to show that he is the son of God, that he is the Messiah that's been talked about. Look at me. Stop chasing things of the world. These things expire. They will not last. But believe in me. Stop chasing the bread. Stop chasing the word. Just stop. Come to me. You're chasing a full stomach. You're chasing what your ancestors had. But I've come to give you something better. The thing is, is that with the bread, you would constantly need it on a daily basis to fill your appetite. And Jesus is saying, look, if you come to me, I will satisfy your hunger. Uh, John Piper writes this on, on the answer to how do you labor for the bread of life? How do you labor for this bread of life that Jesus offers? He writes, eat it, value it, cherish it, scoop it up and put it in your pocket. He says, it is free. Love it, love it, love it, love it. Fall in love with it. That is the way you have the treasure. Eat, it is free. And he gives it to us freely. Isaiah chapter 49 verse 10 says, They will neither hunger nor thirst. The searing sun will not reach them anymore, for the Lord in his mercy will lead them. He will lead them beside cool waters. They will neither hunger nor thirst. I got some bread jokes for you guys, so y'all hang on. Here we go. Here's what Jesus is saying. Stop loafing around. Huh? Yeah, there we go. Here we go. All you need... All you need is the bread of life. You know, you need bread. If i got to explain it, it's not funny. I'm sorry. K-N-E-A-D, need. All you need is the bread of life. But, uh, hey, Keaton, I'm on a roll, right? Huh? Ah, yeah, there we go. Okay, here. So here's what Jesus is saying. Look, I'm going to put Panera Bread out of business. Wonder Bread is no longer going to exist. No more hunger. If you want to carbo-load, carbo-load on the bread of life, okay? I know it's cheesy. Just hang on, okay? Look, he's saying, I'm giving you something that you will never have to hunger for. I will fulfill it. I will satisfy it. And then Jesus, in John chapter 6, verse 40, comes to this conclusion here for this conversation. Verse 40 says, For it is my Father's will that all who see his Son and believe in him should have eternal life. That's it. That's what he's getting to. And he says, I will raise them up at that last day. That all who see his son will believe in him. What's the work that God asked for? What is it? Believe. Believe. That's the work. That's the labor we're to do. Later in chapter 7, uh, we see Jesus traveling around Galilee. 
um, we'll look at uh, John chapter 7, verse 37. It says, it was time for this Jewish uh, festival or shelters, also known as the Feast of Tabernacles. Now, this uh, celebration would last eight days. Uh, for the first seven days, uh, water was taken from the pool of Siloam. And it was carried in a golden pitcher. And it would be poured out uh, at the altar to remind people of the water that God supplied. That God miraculously provided for a thirsty Israel in the desert. And so they would do this for seven days. Now the eighth day, no water would be poured out. Instead, they would pray for water. They would pray for water to remind them that they came into the promised land. And so this time would have also been the last feast time that Jesus would spend in Jerusalem before the Passover. It was also the last time he would see the people in Jerusalem before his crucifixion. And so for seven days, this feast, this celebration takes, takes place. It was a time of a dry season, uh, normally is when it fell. And so on the eighth day, dry season, no water, Jesus, at the climax of the festival, stands up and says this, verse 37, On the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted. Some translated that Jesus stood and cried out. He's making a plea. He's saying, look, listen, you are wanting to quench your thirst. And Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds, Anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart. Say, if you're thirsty, come to me. I'll give you a drink that will satisfy you. One of the miracles that we've talked about this semester is uh, Jesus at the well with the woman at the well. And she says she's coming there to get water to fill up her jars. And Jesus says, the water, the drink that I give you, quenches that thirst. You'll never be thirsty again. Jesus offers that. And that when we have living water going in, it says it flows out as well. It flows from our heart. It can be translated to it flows from our innermost being. That living water that flows out. Nehemiah chapter 9 verse 15 says, You gave them bread from heaven for their hunger and brought water for them out of the rock for their thirst. And you told them to go in to possess the land that you had sworn to give them. In the Old Testament, God provides bread. In the Old Testament, God provides water. And he gives them a possession, their promised land. He gives that to them. And we see in the New Testament, God provides bread and God provides water. God gives his possession. He gives his one and only son that we would be able to possess God's free gift. And when we do that, God calls us his. He calls us his possession. You will be his if you simply believe in Jesus and in Jesus alone. Students, remember what we learned this past weekend. Everything minus Jesus equals nothing. Nothing plus Jesus equals everything. Equals everything. John chapter 5 verse 39 will be up on the screen. Here's what Jesus is saying. He says, you search the scriptures because you think they give you eternal life. But the scriptures point to me. They don't point to Moses. They're not pointing to bread that would constantly fall. But they're pointing to the bread of life. They point to me. Yet you refuse to come to me to receive this life. And go back to this thought, this big idea that we had this morning of, are you hungry? 
Are you thirsty? Hunger no more. Thirst no more. For God has given you something to eat that will satisfy your hunger. He's given you something to drink that will satisfy your thirst. Hunger no more. Thirst no more. For the Son of God became man, acting in full obedience to the Father, fully God, fully man. He kept his record clean. He had no priors. He lived a sinless life. And each of us has gone astray, sinned and fallen away from God. And God places all of our sin, all of our iniquities, all of our wrongs upon Jesus, and he takes it up to the cross. Being obedient and gives up his life. But the story doesn't end there that Jesus conquers the grave. He defeats death. And if we'd simply believe, believe, believe that you too can receive God's gift of receiving forgiveness for your sins, having a relationship with, with him, and have his gift of eternal life. And that gift is found in bread and in water. In bread and in water. So we are hungry. He satisfies it better than a 300-foot buffet. When we're thirsty, he quenches it better than a Gatorade. In him and him alone are we saved. And so in our series of proof, he's doing these signs. He's doing these wonders. And it's always great to see, okay, he does these. And then what takes place after that? People make a decision. They take a step. They make that decision to believe, to follow Jesus. I'm thankful to look out here and see many of you that have already made that decision, uh, decision to follow Jesus. And there may very well be student, adult, senior adult, whoever, young, old. Maybe you have been put, putting that off. Maybe you're, you're waiting to take that step. We'd love for you to be able to take that step and realize you no longer have to be hungry. You no longer have to be thirsty. The world fails. What the world tries to give you perishes. It has an expiration date. But what Jesus offers does not. And we want you to take that. We want you to have that. Uh, I'm going to share with you guys a number of ways for you to respond as we wrap up this morning. Um, we want you to have God's free gift. We want you to have a relationship with Jesus. If you do not, if you have questions about that, want to speak with somebody, we're going to have some friends back in the Connect Corner uh, Michael and Brittany, that would love to answer any questions you have. Well, we will have a pastor available if you'd like to speak to one as well about how you can have the bread of life, the living water. And maybe you're just thinking, hey, I need to talk to somebody about my next steps with Jesus. My next steps here at Holland Chapel, they'll be back there as well to answer any questions you may have. And also, if you are a guest, stop by there and pick up a free gift from us. It's not as good as what Jesus offers, but it is a gift that you can have. For some of you, maybe you need to pray for somebody. You've already made that step and that decision, but you need to pray for somebody. And I want to encourage you, don't stop praying for that family member. Don't stop praying for that friend, for that coworker, for that neighbor. Keep praying for them. Keep praying for them. And I invite you also to fill out and turn your online connect card and share any prayer needs, prayer concerns that you may have. We love coming, coming alongside you each and every week just to pray with you, pray for you. May we hunger no more. May we thirst no more. Let me pray for you. Father, we love you and praise you and thank you, God. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you for your provision. Thank you for giving us 
the bread of life, the living water, God. That what this world has to offer fades. It will not last. But you do. And what you offer us does as well, God. I pray that we would do the work, do the labor that you have asked us. And that is to believe in Jesus. I ask God for you to move, to stir in the hearts of anybody that has not done that. To take that step, to make that step, God. To follow you, Father. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your proof that we can believe in you and you alone. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.